With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Host of Diva Strategy. Love Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Motter, the host of Diva Strategies for Success. In addition to being a radio host, I'm a marketing, PR consultant, national speaker, event planner, author, and the NAFI Western and Mid-Atlantic Regional Coordinator. NAFI is the largest global network for women, so check them out at www.nafi.com. Every woman in the country needs to be a member of NAFI. They're over 40 years old and have been serving women all that time. The annual membership is only $39. To find out what our NAFI networks are doing in Southern California area, go to www.wrnafi.com. I love hosting my radio show as I get to bring you each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, some dynamic topics and guests. Today my guest is Kim Wirtz, who is calling in from a very cold Leslie, Missouri. Our topic is create your life as you are the only one that can. Here, let me give you a little bit of information about Kim before I bring her on. She started writing and being published as a poet during her teenage years. Her first poem was published in Bitterroot, a national poetry journal in New York. Kim's work was chosen for review during a campus writing symposium by Stephen Spender, T.S. Eliot's best friend and writer himself in college. Throughout her day job career, she used her writing skills. As an early childhood education teacher, she wrote finger plays and simple short stories for the children. During her time as a fundraiser and strategic planner for small business and nonprofits, Kim became a certified grant writer. About five years ago, she developed a curriculum for adults with development uh, disabilities as a part of her ministry work. For the past 20 years, she has taught grant writing, strategic planning, and inspirational self-exploration seminars. When she was downsized from a marketing position in July 2009, Kim was in the process of writing a children's book for her niche. She decided it was time to do what she loved and fulfill her purposes. She became a freelance author. Since that time, Kim has written an illustrated book for children, a teen's book of short stories, and is on the third book of her first novel series, The Life at Mimosa Lake series. She teaches from writing to publishing, how to develop, write, publish, and market your masterpiece, a creative writing workshop for adults. Additionally, Kim teaches other creative writing workshops, edits and publishes books, writes and edits web content, and marketing material for her students and other writers' businesses. Kim also gives presentations to schools, community groups, and professional conferences about her books, her life as a writer, and how to identify, pursue, and live your dreams. She believes her background as an educator, social worker, and her time in lay ministry contributed to her decision to live her dream. She admits that living the life you are meant to live live, leaves one feeling like they are living a charmed life. To learn more about her, go to her website, www.kswerts.com, and that's K-S-W-U-E-R-T-S.com. Welcome, Kim. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. 
Well, thanks, Robbie, for having me. I'd, I'd love to be there in person, believe me, <laughs> with the weather the I'm way sure. it is out here. <laughs> are, you thawing, are you thawing out any at all? I am, I am. I think we, we spoke earlier this afternoon, and uh, we had a temporary uh, power outage, so I've got power back. I'm just so thrilled. <laughs> oh, that's good. I well, can imagine. Okay, let's get, let's, uh, let me ask you some questions so our listeners can hear about you more. Sure. Uh, share some history with my listeners about yourself. Um, I really think, well, you did a great job there. Uh, let's see. I'm, uh, I'm on my, actually, I'm starting uh, this month my fourth book in the series, and I've written a Christmas book, novella on the Mimosa Lake series, so that's a little different. Uh, and um, I also write for devotional magazines and, oh, just around. I do a monthly article and radio show things. So anyway, a um, little history about me. Really, I consider my life and my journey a spiritual one. And... Uh, I, I really do. I think that that's what all women, uh, hopefully people, um, come to as they age. And, and um, you know, if, if you're, you're knocked around a little bit in your life, which we all are usually by the time we're out of our 20s once or twice, and uh, if not when you hit your mid-40s on 56, you certainly get knocked a bit. But I, I really look at my process of developing as, uh, you know, first is, personal and spiritual, and uh, I've had a lot of opportunities, and a lot of great things happen, and hopefully in my life, um, I've been brought closer to my belief in my God, and, and uh, uh, as, I've, as I've walked along, so that's really, to me, is the most important thing in my history, and I bring that to my work, um, I, I think you bring it everywhere um, when you have that kind of belief system, I don't think you can, well, whatever your beliefs or values are, I think they emit from all of us. So, uh, That's true. you know, and I think that we all as women come into our own and um, that we get better and better as we do. So that's kind what of life changing. What life-changing events brought you to where you are today, do you think? Um, well, I think several things. I've, I went through a, a, a near divorce. We had been together for eight years and, uh, you know, become committed and developed a family and all of that. And so that was kind of the first big blow. And and uh, I think uh, job loss is never easy. And uh, I'm a workaholic, real honestly, or I can be. And so, and uh, you know, so that, those kind of those two events really, uh, job loss was a was a big deal. And I had lost a um, um, a job prior to the one I did in 2009, my marketing job. And that's when I really began to change and and kind of look at. Um, play ministry and look at my writing talents, and I developed a business of my own called Avenues to Anywhere. Um, worked for oh, about 11 years setting up small businesses and nonprofits, and that's when I got grant writing certified. And so that's kind of when I became an entrepreneur and uh, had that, you know, got that entrepreneurial uh, bite. And uh, once you do that, I think if you're really meant to do that, you kind of never, it's hard to go back to, uh, to working, you know, under someone else in, in kind of a corporate kind of situation. So I think that um, the biggest, for me, opportunities at the time didn't really look like it, you know. <laughs> so that's kind of how that goes. Right, I can understand that. I, I know I sure. was in corporate America for many years and then became an entrepreneur in 1985, and I, too, would never go back. So what skills and experience help you the most in your work as a writer, editor, and publisher? Um. You know, I think that uh, for me, 
I, in my writing, uh, it's a different set of skills. I'm, I'm kind of really um, anally retentively organized to a T, and so I'm not one of those writers that, and I work with a number of them that I edit and, and publish them, uh, that sit down and can just write. I don't do that. Um, I'm really, my personality is real orderly and tight, and so I do a lot of planning for my work, and there are a great number of characters in my book because they're about it's a, the the series is about a lake community and and so there are there are a series of characters there and people coming in in and out so I keep all that straight and, you know they say when you write fiction you have to uh, be uh, be more true to your writing than than you do when you write reality almost so and I never really thought I would write fiction I was very surprised that I'm I'm a fiction writer and I love it so much but. Um, it, it's, been, it's been great for me because I can use my organizational skills for that. Uh, I was, my father was an English professor, and so even at the dinner table we had English corrections on our language, and, and uh, so that has helped me. I think of him all the time. He was just here for Christmas, and I told him, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without you because um, I'm, a, I'm a really uh, good editor, and, and um, I enjoy editing, and I edited initially for a publishing house, and now um, work just individually with with writers and doing editing and and take them through to publishing self publishing and I enjoy all of that. It's a nice balance in my work. Uh, so all of the pieces of my history kind of come together in that, and um, so that 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 need for order and the, the um, liking to get things right and the love of language that I have uh, really help really help in the whole process. I think you have to love. No matter what you do, if you if you're passionate about it and you really love it, and I'm passionate about the written word and and uh, about people enabling people to get their ideas out into the world and uh, to live you know whatever their dream is if it's writing or whatever their dream is. So I speak on a lot of different things, but if it's writing, uh, and I'm able to help do that. That kind of not only fulfills social worker Kim, but it also uh, keeps me in the writing world and learning more about it. So, Kim, when did you know writing was your, when did you know writing was your life purpose, and how did you fall into fiction? You know, that's yeah. pretty hard to do. Um, fiction. Yeah, it is hard to do because I was a technical writer. Um, you know, I uh, I thought writing came easy to me, um, and I got accolades for it early in my life, as you mentioned, and some of the, a couple of them, and, and so I thought this is not. But, you know, I thought this is nothing that anybody can make a living at, and I don't <laughs> think so. I, I should probably do something else. And um, and also, I think when you're young, I don't think you have as much to say as you do when you've lived around. You know, when you've lived life, you don't have as much to offer in some ways. So, so you know, my I, I honor my process there of going through and doing what I did before, and because it all helps you grow. But um, so, in a sense, I could have known it then, but I really. I made. I gave myself permission when I turned 50. 50 was a big birthday, and I thought, you know, I'm just done doing what I don't, what I'm not really passionate about. And I'm very good at marketing. I was an excellent fundraiser. I was an excellent grant writer. I, I did very well at those things, and and um, in nonprofit world and working with people with disabilities, I still love to do. But um, I just gave myself permission to find what I really loved and to just try it. And uh, as I thought, you know, kind of what do I have to lose? Then when I when my job loss came in 
2009 when the marketing uh, department was closed, and I thought, you know, I was working on this book for my niece Fiona, and and I thought, I'm just going to go ahead, and I was illustrating it and writing it, and I thought, I'm just going to go ahead and, and do this and see what happens. And so I did, and and um, that's kind of when I knew. And then I, I thought, you know, I'm too much of a technical writer to really ever do fiction, but I got an idea uh, that came to me. And actually, just today, Robbie, the, um, we, we have had eagles here at, at the lake where I live, and, and um, in my first book, the the main character, an eagle flies over her silently, and that actually happened to me. I was um, uh, here in the office working. It was in January uh, in 2010, and and I thought, how can I turn this into a children's story? Because I was writing, and it was too big. So I thought it was such an experience because I stood out on my back deck, and he flew like within five feet above me, and he rounded the curve of my house, and his shadow fell over me. It was a sunny morning in the winter. And I didn't hear him until the shadow. I didn't even. I never heard him. And there was this huge bird. I mean, his wingspan was seven to eight feet wide, and flew right over me, dead silent. And wow. it was such a moving experience for me. I thought there has to be a way to tell a story around that, and that's what started me. That's what started my series. And um, is the lake actually the the lake that you write about? Is that the lake you live on, or, or I live in a lake called Melody Lake. And I, oh. I write about a fictional community called Mimosa Lake and uh, write what you know, in a sense, you know. But, uh, right. and all, of course, all my neighbors think that they're in the book, but that's <laughs> I think they're in my work, you know. <laughs> oh, that's me, that's me, you know. So, there, so I, I always can be assured that I'm selling copies of the new book to the neighborhood, whatever it is, you know. So it's, where am I, where am I, you know. But, uh, but no, they're, they're fiction, it's a fiction book, but it's um, it's set in that way, and, and I was I'm just trying to make kind of a perfect uh, world in a sense, you know. But um, it was so moving, and, you know, I started writing, I started planning for this, and I thought, I'll see if I can do this, and I love writing fiction. I, this is my, believe it or not, favorite time of year, because this is when I go to Mimosa Lake for the next two months, and I, and I write the novel for the year, and then in the summertime, I write, um, in May, June, I write the Christmas. I'll, I'll write the second Christmas novella, which is just a little, uh, it's a novella, it's 100 pages. And so I love I love going to Mimosa Lake and, and doing that. So oh, it's, it's loads of fun. Yeah. It's, it's like a little great. vacation. <laughs> yeah, that sounds a vacation and, be, and creativity. How does the context mm-hmm. of faith and challenges come through in your novel? Um. The books are about faith. There are eight books that are planned, and they each deal with faith in some certain aspect. Uh, the first one is faith in hard times. Um, the one that uh, I'm writing now is called uh, Life at Mimosa, like the Shadows of Comfort, and it is about basically being in a desert, in a, in a faithless, where you have faith, but you do not feel any presence of God or however you would, you know, whatever you would say is God. And how how do you get you know how do you get through that and how does that feel and how how do you enter it and how how do you come out of it and so that's kind of the underlying theme so the characters the main characters kind of go through that and there's symbolism in the book that that um, speaks to that so I do that but I end the books I want them to be books of hope because I believe that you know in our lives today. Not everyone leads the blessed and charmed life I lead here in the rural Missouri, and there's a lot of running and there's a lot of demands. And 
there are there are on all of us, and we all need hope. I mm-hmm. I I believe hope is a commodity that's in short supply. So I put humor in the books, and I end with I end every book with hope, and um, and you know give the reader an opportunity to look at because the characters are are kind of every man characters in a sense to see themselves in the books and and to see that you know there is hope in in everyday living and in um, in challenges that we face you know that sounds great one of your messages is to follow your dreams what do you do every day to make sure that is happening I get up first thing in the morning Robbie and and uh, I uh, I say out loud, I live alone, uh, and so I say, well, I, I have my brother's dog here. He just moved from Chicago, so I'm dog-sitting him and my cats, but, you know, they, they can't tell how crazy I am So uh, in speech. So I I lift my blessings out loud. That's one thing I do. I, I, um, I try to never forget the blessed life that, that I live. Um, I do a lot I'm, I am a planner and so I do a lot of planning but I'm also a outreach marketing person like you are and so I'm always you know on the lookout and enjoy I enjoy meeting people I mean I enjoy that aspect of my job I enjoy teaching I do some teaching um, so I try to remember that what I'm doing today uh, in my planning of my days and my life is is you know enabling me to keep living my dream and to really above all be filled with gratitude for that you know I just uh, that's you know that's not a nuts and bolts thing but I really do I really do start my days every day counting my blessings out loud and um, and then come down to my office and start in <laughs> yeah that's good how no often what do you accomplish your, how often do you accomplish your goals how often do I accomplish them mm-hmm. um Oh, all the time. You know, if I could tell you, I have a planning sheet that plans a three-month thing. I have a year board on my thing, and I enjoy checking those things off, and I am a deadline-oriented person. So I, you know, I write daily goals and daily things that I'm going to do, and that list clicks off because that gives me some sense of satisfaction, and I know I'm moving towards the bigger goals. And so, uh, you know, my goal this year is, is four books out, and and uh, possibly five, if there's a time frame, depending on my edits, how many edits uh, that I'll that I decide to do. But I pretty much, I pretty much meet my goals. Last year, I, there was one uh, one book got delayed that I'm doing, and uh, that was because the illustrator um, uh, had some issues, and uh, she got the illustrations to me late, so they couldn't go in the computer. Uh, we didn't have the time frame, so we missed deadline on that. But pretty much, I. I set them and meet them because for me that's how you move your life along. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I do daily goals as well. Do you? Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, we're alike in that because I just, I think that, you know, that's, you you get your dream and you know what it is to have it and then to make it come reality, you really do have to break it down into daily steps. You do. Otherwise, it gets too overwhelming. Tell me, talk to me about controlling your destiny. No, well, I'll talk to you about controlling, and and uh, yeah, you can tell I'm a controlling and that's this person. But and I think that we do to some degree. I I think think that we can 
control or we can we can you know at least modify put ourselves on a path i long ago gave up uh really thinking that uh, we could all you know that i can uh, get it down to a science and it'll always go exactly as i see you know that's where the creativity comes in and that's where also faith comes in for me and and so um i think if we do the steps if you walk along in the path that you feel like is your purpose and, and that you, I mean, and for me that, that took a long time, Robbie, to find really or to allow myself to live what I, what I believe is my purpose. And so once you really find that, that was the hard part for me, then, then a big question is answered or was for me. And so then I kind of knew what to do. And so I balance, you know, what I have to do or what I think will get me there and then also letting go and realizing that I'm not really the one in control, you know. So, right. uh, but I'll be okay. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Any nuts and bolts tips for the listeners? I would just say really find your find your purpose and do what you need to do to do that. Whether it's, you know, whether you I'm coming from a writer's perspective, journal. Whether you talk to your good friends and your family. Um, whether you go to a seminar of some kind that, that um, you know, helps you define what your purpose is, find, find really what your passion and purpose is. And, and just because you really love to do it, uh, you know, give yourself permission to do that. Work towards that. And um, once you give yourself permission, there isn't really anybody that can, can stop you from living your dream um, but you know, if, if you've defined your purpose and and you you know what you're supposed to do, talk to other people who are doing whatever that is in your life. And it doesn't necessarily have to be work; it can be some other aspect of life. Talk to other people. Surround yourself with people that are doing those things, and and um, get positive people that are doing those things. One thing I know for me that's been a real nuts and bolts thing is. Um, and I have a, a very dear set of friends. I call them the five, the beloved five. And I've, you know, some of them I've known for 30 years. And and but they are all positive people, and they support me through ups, downs, and all arounds. And um, you know, they I can count on them to to see the positive in, you know, when times get rough. So surround yourself with people that will support you on, you know, and. I'd say those to me would be the nuts and bolts things to to starting to really live your dream. What's coming up for you? What's coming up for me this year? Um, I'm up to my ears and edits with other writers from other writers' work, uh, which is great. Uh, I will have, like I said earlier, I should have four books out: my main novel for the year, and then the novella. Um, a children's book that was delayed from last year called Polka Dot Chloe. And uh, so I, I'm hoping that uh, that I can possibly fit in. So I don't know for sure. But I'm teaching this summer. I do writing workshops. Um, and I have writing students all the time uh, that I that I see and uh, work with. And then I'm writing in, or I'm editing and publishing um, other writers' work. So that's the big thing for me. We've, um, here in Missouri, eastern part of Missouri, um, we've begun a writer's guild called Missouri Writers, Inc. It's I-N-K, period. So um, I'm very involved in that and leading that, and so we're kind of promoting writing in all aspects there. So I'll be busy. 
Kim, do you ever I do any worry. classes? Do you ever do any classes online that people don't li- that live don't live in Missouri could get your talent to help them or not? You, you know what? Yeah, um, uh, one of the guys that I edited uh, his uh, web uh, uh, work for him uh, has started. There are five of us in there, and uh, we are this year to uh, begin to put up online um, courses. So uh, that'll go through my website. When that happens. Okay, give them give your web address. Sure, it's www, and it's kswertz.com. And then you and can always find me on Amazon, uh, kswertz, kswertz, or Life at Mimosa Lake is the uh, name of my novel series. It's up there. And from there now, you go to my home page. And you mentioned that you you also work with people that want to write a book. So how do you do that? They say say somebody wanted to write a book and needed somebody like you to guide them. How how does that work? Mm-hmm. Right. They can either email me. They can go to my website and get my email. Okay. Address, give them your email address. I will give it to them. It's k i m s w u e r t z at yahoo dot com. Uh huh. And then. Uh, what they do is they can email me or they can call me. Um, my phone number five seven three six zero four zero six one two. Tell me where they're at in the process. And what I I'll do is um, go from there and I explain the editing and publishing process to them. Um, it just depends on what kind of book they're dealing with and how much they're wanting. Depends on on the time frame of how that works and and. Um, uh, you know how intensive the editing is or the publishing is in it. So uh, everybody's different, but I do work with people all over the country. I'm working with a guy in Texas right now to get his done, and another person in New York. And so I do um, I do work with people all over the writers all over the country. So that's not a problem. Do you have a recommendation for someone starting a book that how many pages they should? You know, because I've heard you don't have to have a huge tons of pages to do a book. So do you have any? You know, what are your thoughts you don't, on that? You don't. It depends on um, it depends on what you're wanting to say, what type of book it is, too. But basically what I would do is this. Um, when I talk, talk about my classes, is uh, I have my students write a, almost a mission statement for their book. What is it that they want the book to say? And from there, uh, we do a picture mapping that will eventually become almost not like not an outline really, but it's something to write off. It gives you something to write off of because that's how I do it. And um, then, uh, but find out what you want to say first. Be clear about what your message is, and then um, from there, you you kind of determine what you're going to say. Determine how you're what you know how what you need to do in order to keep that say that message. So. Um, I'm working with somebody right now who's writing a historical fiction on the Texas Rangers. And so what she wants to talk about are three men in there. And so she's got three different stories she's telling. So from there, it's okay, a chapter on each person, and we kind of go from there. Don't worry about the pages. It's not as important as it used to be um, when you when you go through publishing house publishing, if you're independently publishing. And even even publishing houses now, my teen's book that was published through a publishing house, it, it, the page number is not as important as it used to be. Um, okay. Children's books are standardly 32 pages, picture books are, but even that is changing because of how publishing is changing. So um, basically, 
stay true to your idea and figure out what you need to say in order to tell your story. And then that's how you start and that's how you go. Whether it's well, that's whether great. It's but you know, I think not. to have to have somebody like you that's done it, I think we can sometimes help them get through the process a lot faster than trying yeah, to figure you know, it out. The, right. The reason, and you know, I fell into this editing and publishing because, um, frankly, when I went through it the first time, and even the second, and then I went through a publishing a publishing house, did my teens book, and then I went through independent publishing. Um, a different way. When I went through it, I thought it, there was no one. There was no one doing. It. I couldn't find anyone really to help me, and so uh-huh. I kind of muddled through on my own. And so um, I thought, and that's that's why it's important for me to be in contact with other writers because I thought this is ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's just it's such a zoo to do, and right. it's publishing changes is changing so fast. What you have to know. So it really does help if if not me, I mean there's only one of me find someone that has done it and and um you know go that route if you can because there are so many people now that are also that are, I think well using somebody like you, you know who the good self publishing houses would be right right mm-hmm. yeah well, we're getting down yeah. to the wire, so uh, what other words of wisdom would you like to leave with <laughs> our uh, with our listeners, and then give them your website, your email, and your phone number again, and then we'll be out of time, I think. All righty. My words of wisdom are thank you so much, Robbie. It's been so nice to talk to you, and, you know, I am very grateful. And uh, my words of wisdom are really follow your dreams and take the steps to do it. Live your passion. Uh, you can do it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. So just take the risk and jump in there, and, and every day will be great. Uh, my web- website is, it, it really is true. Um, my website is kswertz.com. You can find me on Amazon under kswertz or Life at Mimosa Lake, is the name of my series. Um, my email is kimswertz at Yahoo. And my phone number is 573-604-0612. You leave me a message and a good callback time, I'll call you back. There we go. Well, I want to thank you, Kim, so much for being a guest, and I enjoyed learning about your book. I'm, I have so many books in me, I just have to sit down and get them done. But I, we will talk <laughs> I wish you would. Call me on it, Robbie. For goodness sakes, we'll get one going for you, girl. There you go. We will. I will. All right. <laughs> stay go. warm. Thanks so much. You take care. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.